This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, January 14th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Food ag firms pull campaign spending. USDA's ongoing fight with animal biotech and biofuel industry watches EPA. Ag district members break GOP ranks on impeachment. Lawmakers can now turn their eyes toward next Wednesday when Joe Biden will be inaugurated as president after Donald Trump was impeached by the House for a second time. The Senate won't take up the impeachment before Trump leaves office. The 10 Republicans who voted for impeachment included California's David Valadeo, who represents one of the important ag districts in the country and narrowly won election in November to the seat he lost in 2018. Also voting for impeachment was Washington Representative Dan Newhouse, a Yakima Valley farmer and former state ag director who co-chairs the Congressional Western Caucus. By the way, Representative Dusty Johnson, a South Dakota Republican, told PBS he's been getting death threats, including one yesterday morning. He said a photo of his home was posted on a Facebook page maintained by his opponents. Johnson voted against the state election challenges to Biden, but also opposed impeaching Trump. Food and ag companies pulling back on contributions. Several major food and agribusiness companies have suspended their contributions to members of Congress in the wake of the Capitol riot and the GOP challenges to Biden's election. Walmart, the world's largest grocer, has specifically cut off support to Republicans who back the election challenges. Companies that have paused contributions to all lawmakers include Archer Daniels Midland, Cargill, CME Group, Tyson Foods, Smithfield Foods, Coca-Cola, and Target, according to the Wall Street Journal, which is tracking the corporate actions. The Biotechnology Innovation Organization also has suspended its contributions. Biotech regs up in the air as Trump departs. A Trump administration spokesman confirms there are ongoing talks about a possible transfer of regulatory authority for genetically engineered food animals from FDA to USDA. This is a deliberative process between HHS, FDA, USDA, and the White House and is still ongoing, a spokesman for the Department of Health and Human Services told AgriPulse. Politico reported earlier this week that FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn refused to sign a memorandum of understanding turning over some of animal biotech oversight to USDA. FDA is part of HHS. Neither the White House nor USDA responded to requests for comment on the issue. Clinton Nesbitt, a senior director of science and regulatory affairs at Bio, said the group was, quote, aware that there does not appear to be an agreement between USDA and FDA to move this forward. Now, keep in mind, USDA issued an advance notice of proposed rulemaking in December that would allow FDA to continue regulating genetic technologies intended for biomedical and pharmaceutical use. Biofuel industry braces for new waivers. Biofuel producers are anxiously waiting to see whether EPA will grant a series of new small refinery exemptions from the renewable fuel standard as Trump leaves office. 
EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler could act as soon as today. A bipartisan group of House members appealed to the administration to deny the exemptions. EPA has yet to act on 66 waiver requests. USTR pick meets with ag CEOs. Biden's choice for U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai talked online yesterday with more than 20 members of the Ag CEO Council, leaders of farm groups from across the industry. Noting the essential role of agriculture to the economy and the recovery, USTR designate Tai reiterated her commitment to ensuring that farmers and agriculture have a seat at the table as we rebuild and that they remain a focal point of U.S. trade policy, that according to a readout of the meeting from the Biden transition. Farm credit should consider climate impact, report says. A think tank headed by Biden's choice to run the Office of Management and Budget near a tandem says the Farm Credit Administration should analyze the potential impact of climate change on the farm credit system. The agricultural sector is heading toward a climate reckoning, says a report released yesterday by the left-leaning Center for American Progress. Policy experts are beginning to uncover the true scale of climate risk and the financial sector, and agriculture lenders are not immune. Among the recommendations, the Securities and Exchange Commission should bolster agribusiness climate risk disclosure requirements. Capital reserve requirements for the FCS should be increased, and programs to finance sustainable farming practices should be expanded. U.S. aid to get higher statue under Biden. Biden is signaling big plans for the U.S. Agency for International Development by announcing that his nominee to be the new administrator for the agency, Samantha Power, will be a member of the National Security Council. Power, speaking on a video posted with a tweet, says Biden, quote, sees development as central to U.S. national security, and that is why he has elevated U.S. aid, giving it a seat at the National Security Council. Together with USDA, U.S. aid oversees the donation of about $2 billion worth of food annually to the neediest regions of the world. You can read our report on power and don't miss our profiles of key Biden picks as well as our story on the warm reception the Biden's choice for EPA is getting from farm groups. U.S. expands ban on ag products from China's Xinjiang region. Citing forced labor, the Trump administration broadened its ban on Chinese goods to include all cotton and tomato products produced in the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region. Acting Deputy Homeland Security Secretary Ken Cuccielli said the U.S. will not tolerate forced labor of any kind in U.S. supply chains. The action follows a November decision by the administration to bar cotton and cotton products produced by the Xinjiang Production and Construction Corporation, what the administration considers, quote, an economic and paramilitary organization subordinate to the Chinese Communist Party. U.S. fails to fill EU quota for beef. 
there was plenty of excitement and optimism when the European Union agreed in 2019 to dedicate the majority of its hormone-free beef import quota to the U.S., With the COVID-19 pandemic stymied shipments in 2020, that according to the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. The EU reserved 18,500 metric tons of the annual quota for the U.S. last year, but U.S. exporters only filled about 12,806 tons of that allotment, leaving over 5,600 tons of the quota unused. Some of the 2020 quota, about 2,471 tons, can be rolled over into the first six months of this year. The quota for U.S. beef increases to 23,000 tons this year. Joe Shuley, a spokesman for the U.S. Meat Export Federation, told AgriPulse, The good news is we have plenty of quota available. We just need the restaurant sector to bounce back in Europe. Here's today's He Said It. These are dark times. There is a tremendous amount of outrage and rage that Representative Dusty Johnson, a South Dakota Republican, in that PBS interview. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, January 14th, brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.